0: This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, and today our topic is plan, protect, grow. And with me today I have financial planner Julie Chadwick. Hey Mary, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So plan, protect, grow might sound familiar to any of you who are familiar with Sturk Financial Services, because that's actually our tagline. That's what we live by. (laughs) It is, as a matter of fact. So we wanted to do an entire show to really kind of dig into why that Informate that those words are enough that we actually would create them as our tagline. Plan, protect, grow. Right. And they're not Mm -hmm. just really
1: words, they actually mean that's our philosophy and what we live by and what we help people plan by.
0: It definitely is. So, plan, protect, grow obviously, that's three components when it comes to your finances. So, let's start with a plan, Julie. Why would somebody decide that they might want to have a plan of some type? Well, having a plan, um, I think you're going to have
1: a higher degree of success as far as planning for retirement or just planning for successful investing or planning for... Um, managing money, mm-hmm. um, instead of hoping that you're going to do it.
0: <laughs> we really don't want your plan to be based entirely on hope.
1: Right?
0: <laughs> hope is good, right. but that's not what you really want your finances to be right. based on. Just <laughs> so by doing a
1: plan, it's going to give you the strategies and the tools that you need to make educated decisions to make a more
0: successful plan for yourself. Right. So higher degree of success is definitely one of the reasons why we think planning is good. Another reason that I think planning is so valuable is once you have a plan, it really lets you prioritize the action steps that you're going to take. You know, what do you want to actually bite off and do? And What order does it make the most effective sense to do these in? Right. A
1: lot of times when we, in our planning is what we see is people say, these are the things I like to do, or I like my morning coffee, or I like Mm -hmm. my Starbucks or whatever. And then when you kind of go to prioritize and say, you know, maybe if you cut back one or two of these, or if you kind of prioritize and look at where you can save a little bit more here, how
0: much of an impact that makes, Mm -hmm. it helps them change how important that coffee is. Yeah, (laughs) most definitely. The flip side of that, though, is not all planning is going to show you that you have to cut back on anything. Right. Sometimes planning shows you that you have way more flexibility and availability to change things in your life than you really might have thought you did. Right. So you don't have to work as hard. Maybe, or you know, you can kind of mm-hmm. cut back a little bit on on tight, tightening this purse strings. You know. Right. Exactly. I I think that one of the reasons that people from a retirement perspective don't actually pull their retirement trigger. Is fear. They're afraid that they don't have enough. They're afraid that they're going to run out of money, um, and or they're just afraid that they just don't know something about what they need to know in order to feel confident retiring. And that's some of the things that a plan will answer: is Are you capable, or are you in a position of making these decisions? Because a plan is really going to show you the. Um, Impact of the financial decisions that you make.
1: Right. We actually had a client one time where. Through our planning, we actually determined that retiring was a better strategy than continuing to work. <laughs> what a great thing. <laughs> <laughs> Which they were completely shocked at because <laughs> the fact that they were working and they were a high-income earner, mm-hmm. you know, they were paying so much in taxes and so being taxed on their Social Security, so it really wasn't cutting, you know, it was actually cutting them short by doing that. Yeah. So the fact that helping them be able to retire sooner was a huge eye-opener. So that was a great plan to do, and they were very appreciative of coming in to do some planning. Sure. <laughs>
0: So I think personally, if you're planning for retirement, that the very best piece of information you can get from a plan is knowing the point in time where work becomes optional. When are you working because you want to and not because you have to? Mm -hmm. And when you have moved into a phase of life where you're working because you want to, it really changes the emotional dynamic of your relationship with your work. You know, if you have a boss that you're not thrilled with, it's a lot easier to be like, <laughs> see you later, buddy.
1: <laughs> Instead of dreading every day going into work, knowing right. you have to grind your teeth. Yeah, you have that option. So Yeah.
0: So just knowing that point when work becomes an option for you is huge. If you're an entrepreneur, then there's also a tipping point that happens because you don't necessarily have a boss that you can't stand. But if you're an entrepreneur, it shifts things because usually you have been working so hard, nose to the grindstone, to keep your business going or growing. But when you get to the point that work becomes optional from a financial standpoint, it lets you kind of step back and reevaluate how much time are you willing to invest in continuing to grow your business be- because now it's because you want to and not because you have to. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge paradigm shift for people when when you get to that point in life. So um, with that in mind planning is going to pinpoint for you when does that work actually become optional when can you rely on what you've built then to take care of you financially for the rest of your life
1: right so it's just giving people those tools and like you said in the beginning it is fear usually that's the number one reason people put off coming in to do the first you know their Mm -hmm. first step of financial planning is the fear of the unknown they don't want to be told that no, you haven't saved enough. Or, you mm-hmm. know, they're afraid that they're going to be told you haven't saved enough or you can't you have to work longer. Yeah. <laughs> and that's
0: not it at all. So, or they're afraid that there's not ever going to be a possible way for them to do what they want to do right. and they don't want to face that. Right. So, it was funny because on my way here this morning to record this, I was having a conversation with my boyfriend and he has a farm and he farms with his brother. And he said, you know, I really need to kind of figure out, like, what are all the things that we need to do on our farm to get the farm where we want it to be? He's like, I think I need a plan. <laughs> and I'm, you know, immediately my ears perk up and I start geeking out because that's pretty much what I love to do. And I'm See, like, I think I know someone. <laughs> you want a plan? <laughs> you want to create a master plan for your farm? I am in, babe.
1: <laughs> well, I can help you out with
0: that. Yeah. And so, you know, as we were talking about it, what I could hear creep into his voice though was as we were talking about some of the things he knew off the hand that he wanted to do you could see him turning the kind of the corner and thinking i don't know how i will ever be able to get all this done right and then he would would you know i could see him starting to lose energy for the concept of planning i'm like no way we need to make the plan because then we can prioritize what you want to do and when it's prioritized and you start taking steps, maybe you might not accomplish the big master plan of everything as fast as you want to, but you are going to accomplish something. Right. And that's what good planning helps people do. That's why we think it's so important. Right. So when you're thinking about a financial plan, some of the financial planning is going to depend on where you are in your life. So for younger people, financial planning is going to be about things like creating emergency funds, um, Figuring out where to save your money, how much of it should go in your 401k, should you be doing Roth IRAs, what kind of insurance planning should you have if you have a young family, things like that. College planning comes into that discussion. Right. So you're helping
1: save for the accumulation stage of your life. Yes. And getting mm-hmm. this stuff into priority in that way. So,
0: and, and make no mistake about it, when it comes to planning, accumulation planning is very, very different than distribution planning. So when you're building your wealth, that's very, very different than retiring and utilizing your wealth.
1: Right. There's there's many moving parts that have mm-hmm. to go into the part when you transition to the distribution phase.
0: Right. And the accumulation phase is what 90% of financial advisors are trained in. And mm-hmm. very few financial advisors are actually trained in how to effectively manage a distribution stage of life.
1: And that's usually why it's hard for um, a lot of times we'll have clients come in they say, well, I've had my financial planner for 20 some years and they've mm-hmm. done great for me but now I'm not so sure. I've asked them about the distribution part and I don't really feel that confident. Yep. And mm-hmm. they really just, they might've been a great advisor for that portion of your life, but this might not be their specialty. And that's where it sometimes it is a good time to make a transition.
0: Yep. Absolutely. So if you're in that stage of life and looking for a plan, you need to make sure you're finding someone who's skilled in the distribution side of things. So when it comes to planning for the distribution side of things, Here are some of the main key things that go into an actual plan. First of all, you have to understand your starting point. So you have to gather some information to figure out what's your current picture look like. Mm -hmm. What does your net worth look like right now? And a good plan is going to take all of the accounts you have and all the assets that you have and actually create a nice net worth statement for you so you can see exactly where you are right now. Right. You need a
1: snapshot of where you're at currently to see where you need to go and change or tweak or if you have to do anything.
0: Mm -hmm. A plan is also going to include information about how inflation is impacting you and how taxes impact you, because distribution has a lot of nuances when it comes to tax planning. There's preferential tax treatment for different types of investments, and there's some tax treatment that you can avoid paying taxes if you just restructure a few things that are out there. So paying attention to the taxes has to be a part of good planning.
1: And that's an ideal reason why planning with the financial planner is good because it takes all those pieces and brings them together so we mm-hmm. kind of act like the quarterback you know you can have your you know your tax planner and you can have your attorney and you can have all your different specialized people but bringing it
0: all together really helps out for sure. another component of a plan is going to be looking at the actual forecast of income so you have these assets if you don't change anything and you start taking money out of them, how long is that money going to last how long is it going to, or how much will it grow while you're still retired? What does inflation, like I said, play a part in that? And when is the point where you may run out of money? (laughs) That's (laughs) the big question. Yeah. Yeah. And then the best part of planning is doing the what ifs. So what if you actually tweaked something? What kind of impact would that make in a plan? So the what ifs that we typically see in retirement plans are, well, you'd like to retire at 65, but what if you retired at 63? Or what if you delayed your Social Security until 70 to maximize it? How does that impact your plan? Or what if you sell a rental property versus keep a rental property? There's all kinds of what ifs that people have in their scenarios.
1: And that's really the favorite part of my planning because it's really just giving people, again, it's giving them the tools that they need to make the educated decision.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And then another component of good planning is going to be looking at the estate planning side of things. So estate planning is going to be looking at your estate documents like your wills, your power of attorneys, determining if you need a trust, things like that. That's a key component of good planning as well as the insurance side of things. Where are the gaps in your insurance planning that a disaster could strike and harm your plan or where a health issue could come in and bite you and then leave a spouse who is still healthy kind of hung out to dry? Right. So in, in the end, when
1: you get done with your financial planning, you have a snapshot of here where, here's where you are. If you don't change anything, here's what retirement looks like. Mm-hmm. If you want to make some changes with some of those what if scenarios, here's what it could look for, like for you.
0: Yep. Yep. And here's what it looks like in your life. And here's what it looks like when you're no longer here for the loved ones that you're exactly. leaving behind yep. who are financially dependent on you. So a good plan then is going to close with a set of recommendations of what you should do to get all your ducks in a row now. And what changes you might want to consider making that will have a positive financial impact on you in the future. So when we say plan, protect, grow, grow. It's all of those reasons that are so important that you start with a plan. So you understand the impact of decisions you make. You know what's likely to happen in your financial mm-hmm. future. And then you're starting to align everything in your financial life with the life that you want to lead going forward. Right. So money just gives you the choices and the, you know, we want to get you to the goals of what you want to do in retirement. And everybody's goals are different. That's exactly. what's so cool about yep. it. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk, And today we're talking about Plan, Protect, Grow, which is the tagline for us at Stirk Financial Services. Uh, we feel so strongly about that this is the way to approach financial planning that we made it our tagline. Right. <laughs> it's words we live by. So we talked about the plan part of it. Now let's talk a little bit about the protect part of it. So how do you protect money? I think that one of the biggest fears that people have is losing money. And, and the biggest thing I hear people saying to me is, I just don't want to go through another 2008. Do you hear that a lot? Oh, yeah. I actually just heard it yesterday
1: with a client. He said, no matter what you're doing here, I'm going to let you do all this planning and we're going to talk about everything. He goes, don't make me go back to uh, flipping burgers. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, I don't want to have to do that. you know. And I said, no, yeah. that, that's our goal. So, yeah. And that is a fear of it having really to go back is. to work.
0: Yeah, once you've retired, going back to work because the market crashed so hard, that now your mm-hmm. retirement savings is up in smoke. That's the fear. Mm-hmm. So how do you protect against that? So the the two biggest mistakes that people make protecting against that are, number one, they are so scared of it happening that before they retire, they take all their money and they make it so conservative that there's really no ability for it to grow during the next 30 years of their life.
1: And then it's simply not going to last you for those years of retirement.
0: Right. It's going to inhibit your spending power right. during retirement. Mm-hmm. The other mistake is that people ignore it and don't deal with it, and they leave everything way too aggressive. And then if there is a market downturn that happens shortly before their retirement or in the first few years, then it can create the perfect storm of retirement losses that you may never be able to recover from. Right. And that's why we heard in 2008 that people had to go back to work.
1: Yeah, because they have all their money in the same place. They didn't right. you know, separate their money out.
0: So we've done shows about this in the past, and if you if you want to get more information about this, you can listen to some of the
2: historical episodes, or you can call us, and we're happy to walk you through it. But The concept of using something called a bucket plan helps to preserve people's money. A bucket plan has three buckets. A now bucket, that's intended to be more liquid. A soon bucket, which is money intended to be used or spent in the next 10 years. And that is designed to be very conservative. We want to reduce or eliminate the impact that a market decline would have on this bucket. And then there's a later bucket, and that's where all the rest of your money can sit. And it's okay for that to have a moderate or moderately aggressive slant to it, because if the market crashes, generally speaking, it has time to recover within that next 10 year period. So if you do not have to tap into the later bucket while the market is down, and you're only tapping into your soon bucket, which has enough to take care of you, so then that later bucket can recover and grow before you have to tap into it. As long as you do not have to tap into the money when it's down, you really avoid what we call sequence of returns risk. That helps give people the confidence that I can completely retire and it helps give them the financial independence so that when their market fluctuations, they can say, well, I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to worry about my income being affected by that. I'm going to be okay. So preservation of money, especially when it comes to retirement planning is done inside of a bucket planning approach
0: what if you're not at retirement yet? What if you're somebody who's still in that accumulation stage? Protection of money is created by good diversification and aligning the investments you have with a risk tolerance level that you're comfortable with. Right. So a lot of times when
1: people are coming in and they're still in their accumulation phases, they're in their 401ks and making Mm -hmm. their contributions. It's just really good to make sure the investments that they're putting their money into is the right place for them.
0: Right. So if you're not sure how to effectively diversify yourself, that's a good time to reach out to an advisor Mm -hmm. to help you do that and to help make sure that the investments that you are invested in are good, strong ones. Right. You want to make
1: sure everything you're working hard for is in the right place. (laughs) Yep.
0: So protection in retirement has to do with segregation and bucket planning, and protection during the accumulation phase has to do with appropriate asset allocation and risk tolerance level alignment. And All
1: right. monitoring, that, monitoring that is a big key. So you can't yeah. just really put it in there and never look at it again. It's not which, a set
0: it and forget <laughs> it. And a lot of people,
1: a lot of times that happens. I've had several clients come in like, well, I've never pulled a statement from my 401k. I just put my money. They know how much mm-hmm. they're contributing, but they've never looked at how it's doing. Yep. So that's a key component that, that people that need to yeah. look at it
0: <laughs> and review it. All right, so let's get to what everybody's favorite part of money is, talking about the grow side of things. <laughs> we like to see money grow. Right. <laughs> All right, so how does money grow? Well, money grows by appreciation or earning interest or, you know, stocks appreciating in value things like that over time. Money growing is not about a quick growth. Money growing is more about time in the market and not about timing the market.
1: Right. Timing the market is... Ideally, not an opportunity for where you can make your retirement plans. (laughs)
0: Right. (laughs) Because,
1: you know, you're going to be, first of all, you're going to be stressing about it every single day, but trying to look at it and trying to manage when the best time to get in and get out is, is not an ideal plan.
0: So, when you have time in the market, what I'm talking about is, you know, the first 10 years that you're doing some accumulating don't seem like really you're getting anywhere. But once you start to get beyond that 10 year mark, you start to see the benefits of compound interest happen Mm -hmm. where now you're earning interest on the earnings and the interest you've already made before. And when you get beyond the 20-year mark, it magnifies even more. And so every decade that you're in the markets, every decade that you have investments working for you, it exponentially begins to grow. And, And doing it with the Um, I guess the eyeballs on things like a regular analysis, making sure that what you're invested in are good quality investments, that's the one-two punch that helps Mm -hmm. money grow. Analysis and being in good stuff as well as time in the market. Mm -hmm. And that's how money really grows. I think the last thing that you have to pay attention to to maximize your growth is being aware of how fees and taxes impact your wealth
1: right and a lot of times that's the number one thing that people have no clue about Mm -hmm. (laughs) is the fees and the taxes I mean people have more an idea of kind of what they're paying in taxes but not really how to maximize their taxes and take advantage of tax savings
0: right so there are definitely investments out there that have preferential tax treatment And that is when you're alive and also when you pass away. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't really correlate the two to say, well, how can I structure it so that both when I'm alive and when I pass away, I have the best tax Mm -hmm. ramifications. So that's something that good planning can help you figure out. But the fees can have a huge amount of drag. you know. So if you have something that has a fee of 1% versus something that has a fee of 2.5%, Over time, the difference in just that one or one and a half percent difference makes a massive uh, difference in your end balance. Mm -hmm. So, being cognizant of your fees is important. Now, you don't want to let the fee tail wag the performance dog,
1: right? Because (laughs) I mean, fees are not always bad, and fees are—you know—fees are necessary, and it just depends on the vehicle that you're using,
0: right? But if you have a if you have a very very strong performer and it has high fees. As long as the net return is good, that might be okay for mm-hmm. you. So when we look at fees, we look at what's your net return after your fee, not just what's your fee. Right. Because what we care about is performance in your pocket, not just fees. Right. Performance <laughs> is first and then you look at fees. Yeah. Right. Yep. And taxes. Yep. So they all have to be looked at kind of in a in a conglomerate together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but Tax erosion and fee erosion can definitely make a difference when you're when you're growing your money. And so that's something to be especially, you know, aware of when it comes to investing. And it's kind of sad because the investment industry kind of tries to be a little sneaky about fees. It's sometimes. really not that
1: transparent. It's, and that's why it's people, not. people come in mm-hmm. all the time like, I have no idea what I'm paying mm-hmm. or how much I'm paying for this. So yep
0: and and it's funny because we get these giant books in the mail and all this <laughs> stuff coming to us and the fees are buried inside there, but you'd have to be a scientist to find it. Mm-hmm. And you'd also probably fall asleep reading the prospectus 14 <laughs> times before you got to the page that it says what your fee is on it.
1: And then you'd get another one the next week saying there has been an amendment. Start <laughs> <amendment. laughs> <True. laughs> reading it again.
0: <laughs> so just beware of fees and taxes and how they can impact your growth. And if you don't understand it, then talk to someone that you trust about it.
1: Right. And it's always good to ask. I think people. Um, Like I said, fear the unknown, and they're afraid to ask their advisor. They Mm -hmm. don't want to feel like they're uneducated or don't know or don't want to sound silly. So there's never a stupid question. It's always good to ask.
0: So that really kind of covers the whole idea of plan, protect, and grow. And one of the questions that we get back to, you know, fees and planning is how much does a typical plan actually? generally costs and usually most plans for advisors cost anywhere between one to five thousand dollars. So that's Mm -hmm. a pretty good range. If you see it much less than that, I would be suspect of it that it's not maybe going to be the quality you want. And if it's much more than that, I would also be suspect of it, too. Right. So, all right. Well, we hope that's been valuable information as you think about how to plan for, protect, and grow your own money. And thanks for listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk.
1: The views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned here at... Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sturt Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sterk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota 57049 and can be reached at 605-217-3555.